Hi, I'm Orla McGillis. And I'm Ricardo Deacon. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio and welcome to The Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen. We watch it and then we meet to discuss it. A very happy new year to our many listeners. All thanks sign and all the It things. can only be better. <clears throat> but, you know, obviously we had a great year on the podcast, I would say. Um, <laughs> this week's film is uh, Lost City of Z. Z. <laughs> they say Z in the movie. I know, but it's... Ugh, we'll talk about the We're title. We're not Americans. We'll talk about the title. <clears throat> this week's movie is The Lost City of Zed from 2017, directed by James Gray, produced by Dee Dee Gardner, Jeremy Kleiner, Anthony Cadicus, James Gray, and Dale Armin Johnson. That's a lot of producers. Screenplay by James Gray, based on The Lost City of Zed by David Graham. Music by Christopher Spellman. Spellman? <laughs> Cinematography by Darius Kanji. Edited by John Axelrad and Lee Hogan. Starring Charlie Hunnam, Robert Pattinson, Sienna Miller, Tom Holland, and Agnes McFadden. Prick. Uh, <laughs> and the synopsis is, At the dawn of the 20th century, British explorer Percy Fawcett journeys into the Amazon, where he discovers evidence of a previously unknown advanced civilization that may once inhabited the region. Despite being ridiculed by the scientific establishment, which sees indigenous populations as savages, the determined Fawcett, supported by his devoted wife, son, and aide-de-camp, returns to his beloved jungle in an attempt to prove his case. Long sentences. <clears throat> So, this week's film was picked by Ricardo. It was indeed. Uh, why did you pick this movie that was seen by nobody? Well, uh, <laughs> seen by nobody, but in a lot of top 10 lists of the year for the year it came out. <clears throat> uh, I picked this movie because, for one, I really like it. And I think that it's one of those films that uh, a lot of reviewers said that it's like, oh, they don't make movies like this anymore. That is what I thought, yeah. Uh, at the same time, I think that it's... Is an interesting as uh, just to talk about the 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 way of filmmaking evolved to like new filmmaking, let's say, but also how they use the tropes and uh, styles of old films such as like Lawrence of Arabia or Bridge on the River Kwai. Like, there's a lot of Herzog and David oh Lean yeah in yeah this. yeah. It's there's like, a reason why um, they picked um, uh, or no, they didn't pick Bird in Dreams. What did they do on the next picture show? Um, I think they, it was Fitzcarraldo. Maybe it was Fitzcarraldo. Yeah. No, I think you're right, actually. Or Aguirre. Was a no, it was Aguirre. Movie. Sorry. Um, I, I understand now why they picked Herzog yeah. after watching it. Yeah. And it was also because we just had spoken about Herzog. And it was like an interesting... Uh, having a filmmaker do uh, deal with topics that Herzog has dealt with like himself quite a lot. Mm. Uh, in the same almost location, Fitzcarraldo. The uh, trees are in misery. <laughs> Uh, but also, I think that it's a it's a wonderful film and a very difficult film to adapt from the book as well because part of the I did wonder thing about the the about book, the book. <clears throat> is that Have you read the book actually uh, I haven't read the book but uh, I uh, know the hook I am dying to read it because the guy that wrote the book became obsessed with the lost city of Z himself yeah because he got obsessed with Percy Fawcett so he went to the jungle to look for the lost city of Z as well. <laughs> so like the book is quasi biographical book from, uh, like a few years ago and uh, James Gray in an interview said that when he got because at that stage he hadn't made The Immigrant mm. uh, which uh, okay. came out a couple of years ago uh, that was like his first kind of like old school filmmaking kind of thing b- before he had done like The Yards and We Are The Night and 
other films. Mm. And he got uh, an email from Brad Pitt because Plan B, uh, like he, Brad Pitt is the executive producer mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Uh, he got an email from Plan that. B uh, saying, would you like to direct this uh, and write the screenplay? And he's like, why the fuck did they want me to do this? <laughs> because, I mean, like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but, but nothing in his career would suggest that it's like, there's no Mark Wahlberg in this movie. <laughs> there's yeah. no kind of like Boston or New York because like Two Lovers as well, it's in New York. I like that movie, the the one with Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, um, I haven't seen that. I'm kind of, there's not much James Gray I've seen. Really, uh, I think actually. he's a, a very talented director. Uh, I think that a lot of... His problem with other films as well is that even with uh, his previous films, uh, comes back to the, the good old Harvey Weinstein, that he destroyed oh. his movies beforehand or just buried them. And then when the Im- he made The Immigrant independently, and Harvey Weinstein bought the film in spite of James Gray and buried the film. That's why The Immigrant didn't get a good release. He wasted millions oh, of dollars wow. just to I spite him. I wonder about that. Like, I remember whenever that movie came out and it just sank. Like, yeah, it like, disappeared. It, it didn't have any promotion. It got released in, like, a couple of cinemas. That always, in, like, in whatever. my head, whenever something kind of, you vaguely never, like, don't really he- ever hear about it. And then you yeah. see it in the side of the bus. And in my yeah. head, I think, oh, bad movie. You yeah, know, but in this case, it was the the opposite. Is that it's, it got it's back... not always the case. Yeah. though. sometimes it is just that films do not get the release that they deserve. Like I think Charlie Hunnam is an actor that I don't particularly like, but I love in this movie. And I think uh, Mark Hamill got it completely wrong in his review of this Charlie movie. Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> he says that it's an uncharismatic performance, and then he quoted saying that it needed the performance of like a. Uh, a Klaus Kinski in Fitzcarraldo or a Peter O'Toole in Lawrence of Arabia. And I think that the interesting thing of this movie is not only the way uh, that it deals with its female characters, the, well, character, to to be clear kind of thing, but, <laughs> yes. um, but also the way that it deals with masculinity in the, in the sense that, like, uh, you usually uh, relate to this kind of character you know the driven mad character going to the jungle by himself etc to have this kind of like bigger than life kind of personality and like Charlie Hunnam only has like the one big scene when he's in the society giving a speech but also like that brings it out of you settle down children you're you're in like in front of a hundred people so you have to shout over it's like the house of commons yeah they are yeah but in this case, it's like a very driven performance, but also very quiet. And I think that's what makes it charismatic as well. And I think also uh, we'll talk more about the, the character, the fucking uh, Robert DeBruce. I mean, uh, Angus McFadden, <laughs> uh, James Murray plays. That is uh, uh, the comparison of the kind of character that you would expect to be leading these expeditions, etc. Mm. The the charismatic madman. Yeah, and uh, and also it underplays the value of like uh, even his speech when they're in the trenches and such. That is more about caring and about love of what you're doing that makes you great and driven in a way. In the case of the character Percy Fawcett, that than uh, she masculinity and the strength of like being able to kill 10 people or to be the biggest fighter or whatever like mm. uh, it's interesting that in this movie like he gets out of most trouble by talking calmly and being just Generally level-headed nice to people <laughs> yeah and level-headed and generous of heart and i think also that the script is like wonderful it's one like, it's one of those scripts that also by the direction if they didn't go 
uh, hand in hand. It would have like there's a lot of lines that would easily in other hands sound very clunky. Mm. But there's no moments that that happens, and there's a lot of like really beautiful scripted moments like of dialogue that, especially like his last words, I love. Like they, they, I couldn't stop thinking about that that moment between Charlie Hunnam and Tom Holland. Tom Holland is great in this movie. Robert Pattinson is amazing in this movie. Uh, Sienna Miller is great. I, I think like top down, like the entire cast does a great job and also think that like the cinematography is wonderful and the structure of the film as well is very interesting and i thought that there'll be a lot to talk about and also like it's slightly different we haven't dealt with any movies of such grandeur let's say Mm. before in the podcast that most of the films that are very cinematic in a way they're just either showing their hand by like in something like the Bernardo Bertolucci movie or something that it's like look how good of a filmmaker I am mm. like almost like masturbatory cinema kind of thing you know <laughs> and or it, we had a few of those I think or are films that uh, underplay their hands that hide their like use the the entire toolbox of filmmaking but make you uh, not realize the, the effect that the film is giving you and this is uh, very old-fashioned in the sense that everything is there in front of you to deal with but there's a depth in it as well and even in the use of the soundtrack it's a very old school like it, since probably lord of the rings or something you there's very few films that have that kind of sweeping soundtrack that takes you away with the characters and such and yeah that's uh, my opening statement let's say um, <laughs> okay. uh so orla what are you a yay sayer to or a nay sayer um it's funny um uh, just like very briefly talking about how, how beautiful looking this movie is um i watched it at christmas and i was really relaxed and i had the projector on and i had it really like at the very like back wall of my room so it was the entire wall and i had a crystal clear beautiful copy of it so i just sat and drank it all in like this is a stunningly very very pretty movie um i do think this movie is very flawed um like not in the way, it's funny that you brought up the Mark Kermode um, review, because I actually listened to it earlier, and uh, I was like, hmm, okay. Um, it was interesting because, like, Simon Mayo clearly really didn't like it at all, and Mark Kermode was quite down on it. And it was interesting, because I'd listened to the half of the Next Picture Show episode on, because um, I, I watched this so long ago, so I had all this time in between, and... Uh, and then I listened to the next picture show, the episode on just the on this film, and they all like loved it. So it was like this weird. I was like, hmm, I don't think I really fall into either of these camps because like, I'm, I'll get into to, to kind of the the reasons why I think there are problems with movies. Like I think there are sections of this that do not work. I don't think this is a cohesive work at all. I mean, the just for for starters, the section in World War Two or World War One rather is. Well, we'll get to that. Um, I think I think that the the main character as well. Again, we will talk about this. I think that the character is flawed, not in the way that like that he's written or whatever, but the focus of the film I think is slightly wrong. And I think that in the end, that's more the problem with that character rather than Charlie Hunnam. And we'll get to Charlie Hunnam because I do actually really like him in this film. Um, but I'll come back to that because I do want to say that like despite saying those things and I want to delve into them, I did really enjoy it. Like, 
Um, I didn't, I knew, literally knew nothing about this um, and just threw it on and was like, cool. And it starts off in Ireland. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> and um, uh, I really like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a ride. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. but it's like a cerebral ride because you do think as it goes along and there are some very dark, very, um, very difficult parts of this film as they're struggling through the jungle and everything and, and the kind of the wrenching of him going away from his family and everything and like the struggle between him and Murray and the struggle between trying to like convince people of, um, you know, that savages are not, are indeed people. Um, <laughs> and obviously, you know, we watch this with our modern heads and go, oh, silly British people at the turn of the century. But, um, um, yeah, so I've kind of already started talking about it, but the, the visual style of this is, is just like, it is just marvelous. Like it, it it does have that kind of like old school look to it. But um, it's funny when it started, and I think because of kind of the opening scene and everything, it made me. And not obviously, this is a bit later than this movie, but um, the the second um, the Joe Wright the second Pride and Prejudice adaptation. Um, well, it's probably there's more, but the the film adaptation, uh, that is Joe Wright, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's his name. It's like something right. Um, you got that right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what I really love about that movie, because um, I remember at the time that movie came out and how they they written it to be set at a different, like a much later time than say the BBC drama or when the book is actually set, because they wanted it to look different. And everything is, you know, that movie has a look of being very. It's a very tactile film. You can really feel like it's it's a very good period piece, I think, um, because of the way the costumes are and the way it's shot and everything. It has the right level of like darkness and everything, and that's how I feel about this movie. Is that um you know whether they are in london or whether they are in the jungle everything is just suitably like if they're in the city it's suitably it's sooty you know what i mean it feels there everything is like the scenes that need to be dark are dark when they're in their house then they're indoors you know it, it has a warmth and a, and a coziness to it but it's it, it just like i don't know what the budget for this was but it was tiny compared to what like, you think it would be because it's the, I think it was the like world, something like 40 million or the something wor- what the world creation <gasps> like the world creation and I say world creation in the, sen- in the sense of like a period piece like in that kind of way obviously you know we say that in relation to like sci-fi and stuff but like being able to like um, I think I don't know if this quite applies to the World War One sections but I may just be very biased because I really didn't enjoy that section um, but uh it's just it's such a good period piece and like I really felt like in it you know like it you've it's so tactile and um you're just you're drawn in with these characters like everywhere they go even and, like uh what you were saying about tactile the uh even things that are not called back upon that are realistic for the moment like when Robert Pattinson for the entire second trip has this weird kind of like skin flare going on on yeah. his face and it's no, he's not like picking on it it's not like this kind of movie kind of thing it's just like you're in the jungle you get like fucking yeah. boils and you're all trench they're yeah. all trench footed like there's no <laughs> you know there's no like um so grimy you know what i mean it's like, actually it's something i think mark remote said about um mr oak uh, far from the madden crowd okay um which has i think is, is shot in a very similar way to that pride and prejudice adaptation as well and that it's a very good period piece and it, you know you really feel like you're on a farm it's it's really like it's just beautifully made um i think as well like um secondly like the performances and uh, i think what you said is completely right and like it's funny about charlie hunnam is that 
I don't I don't just like him. It's I was just really quite surprised by him in this movie because um he was in obviously he was in Children of Men. This is Sons our, of our, Anarchy. our second runaround. And like, he's in Sons of Anarchy, and to be fair, Sons of Anarchy is not a very great show. Yeah. Like it's good in the first season or two, but uh, there's an awful lot of characters, none of them are really that adequately developed and I don't feel like he's given an awful lot to do in that in that show so but I didn't like dislike him or anything but um obviously I knew that he was going to be in this but I was like hmm interesting I think one of the best things about Charlie Hunnam is his voice oh yeah it's amazing oh my god because obviously you know my two or three experiences he either had an American accent or you know in Children of Men <laughs> yeah. like you know where that's all I think I don't know which is I think that's probably closer in Children of Men to his true accent I don't I don't think he's as quite as quite as almost posh as he's well it's in somewhere this. in between like, yeah uh, yeah I think so but um like he has a very middle class kind of accent. yeah but um it's beautiful like you just everything he says he has this very like just kind of like even the way that he says cheeky. You know, it's, oh, oh it's, cheeky. I could listen to him talk. And that's why I didn't quite understand, um, I like, about Mark Kermode's analysis of it, of, like... How is that not a charismatic <clears throat> performance? Like, show me a charismatic performance if that's not I, one. Like, I don't think that... Like, that's not the problem with, with his character in this film. Like, it's not his performance. It's not Charlie Hunnam's fault, I think, that... Ultimately, I don't think the whole thing hangs together. And it, it's not his fault. And that review really, really makes it out to be that it is. That, you know, if if only they'd had this one, you know. No, that's not the problem. Like, because I, I think that he's kind of hard done by in, in like a few ways. And uh, I think the first one is the final third of the film. Because that for me is whenever it all sort of started to... Yeah, no, that that's when it all started to go down a little bit because like the whole thing in the war in the war and then him coming back and it felt really strangely rushed and how like, you know, oh all of a sudden his son's like, ah, and then like, you know, they go off and then they're barely in the and then they die and then they have this like big strange death of that we don't even know if that happened. So or what actually happened. So Or if they died. Well <laughs> Well. But um I, I I just none of it worked and then as well it, he kind of Wait, he went, none of it worked. So, well, bits of it worked because obviously it's really well made and the performances are great and blah, blah, blah. But like after the first third and the middle as well, but like the first third is just fucking unreal. Like it's really, really good. And then it's just slower. And by the time we got to the end of it, I was like, uh, which was not the reaction I thought I would have when I started getting into the film because I thought like, whoa, Jules, what is this? Like weird old school, but also kind of dark and weird, you know, putting its equality storyline right up there at the top along with all the other storylines. What is this? Um, but uh, yeah, no, for me, it just like, it, there was also this strange thing of like where the whole way through it, he's this very level, very moral character. And like, you completely believe that because he's, you know, he just is, the, he is that man. He's that stoic, you know, good guy. And also, you know, like the, he, you know, his relationship is great, blah blah blah. But by the end of it, it's like all. I think part of it is is his relationship to his son, because it's like, and his son is also, and they're both these. It's, it's like this weird sainthood thing of like, where he's kind of lost a little bit of his personality almost, because he he just becomes very like blandly good or something. I don't know. He became. Oh no no. Yeah, like no, I just yeah. No. Like, I disagree completely. Okay, mm. first of all, I 
like are we in a free for all now have you finished well, your opening you statement me, no, i was gonna talk about how i liked sienna miller a lot and all the other things i liked but if you want me to talk more well and also the other reason why i think that charlie hunnam is hard done by okay for let me tackle with this before okay. we we go somewhere because the final third of the movie and on the rewatch as well i watched this movie three times already like okay. i watched the with my brother a couple no. there's a lot in this so I'm willing to accept that it may come together a bit better in a second watch and it hangs together like I, I think I loved it the first time I, I really liked it the first time I loved it the second time and that's what brought me to pick the movie and that love remains and I think well, for the war part let's say um, I don't think it's the, the best drawn part but it's more histor- it's not that historically accurate the, the depiction of that battle but that's just the history not to me but like even the i think that what it did was exactly what um it killed that drive on him and that's like the the change that happens afterwards that even the way that he breaks down crying which is very rare in a fucking movie to have your hero male character cry like sob yeah, over, well, like it's not very hard. Death, it's very like, hard for men to cry anyway, any in any way for yeah. it, and it, for it to not be terrifying, yeah. and be awful. Uh, so uh, yeah, but for that is not that he's going blind; is that he can't go back to the jungle. That's what kills him. And then, like that scene, like always gets me that uh, he's crying because of that, and then like his br- son is there. <laughs> Like, really pissed off because it's like, oh, yeah, you didn't cry of all the years that you've missed. You haven't been around, let's say. And also that now that you're going to be able to be around because you're not going to be sent back to the front. You survive yeah, the fucking, fucking heart war. Is broken, yeah. whatever. Your heart is broken that you're going to have to spend it with us. But then also the jump forward to his relationship with Tom Holland at that, that, that time point is that you realize that. I do. I think that is. It was unnecessary to show what the change in the relationship, because just by the connotation that he has been, because when he gets interviewed afterwards, that he's been at home forever, like for the last six, seven years, just living and being a father and being a, a husband, let's say. Yeah. And that drew him closer to Tom Holland, but also Tom Holland being. Uh, that the character when uh, the war happened, he when the war scene is happening, is thirteen. It's also like the kind of rebellious kind of thing. No matter what your dad does, you know, like you you see interviews yeah, with rockers, wherever that it's, is it's like not... David Bowie going, "My son hated my rock band." Or I whatever. think part of this is in the way of, of I think part of it is is dialogue, like because I do agree that the dialogue is is really great for a lot of this, but it's that whenever he like he goes back and when before the war and he's really yeah. young and blah, blah, blah and he screams at him like that whole scene I totally I think that scene is great but all their interactions after that then when it's like father I want to go to the jungle with you it was just oh, yeah. but then it's like oh yeah, we have to like um, I don't think Tom Holland is great in this I, 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 I really like Tom like Holland them. I really like them in this I because I, just, I think that they get the balance right between the two of them and like on the first watch already it got became, it, not it, saying became that it became sappy for me but I, when nothing else about this movie was sappy but I like I think that it's a, a comment and a perfect end for the theme of masculinity the movie tries to portray throughout the movie that it's Tom Holland trying to be Percy fucking Fawcett 
So like it's uh, it's almost like an acting job in itself. The way that he grows the little fucking mustache, the the way that he carries himself, you know, and uh, I think the that the change in Percy as well is the realization that, um, and then you ha- also have the link to with that scene with Robert Pattinson when he's trying to to convince him to go to back to the jungle, and Robert Pattinson goes, "No, I have a family now, so I have something to lose." Let's say is that he's trying to show his son like a biased version of the world that he has seen but one that it hasn't been marred for by like people like murray or even like for the fact that he went there first to like stop a war or for like greater glory of himself you know Mm. he's trying to teach his son like even to the very last moment and that's why like i really like that that last moment i don't I have a problem with the theme of it or the idea no, of it. No, but I it's, like the execution. That's I don't I mean. like, no, like, I don't uh, like the execution. I think that, it. like, it's a perfect... I like what they're it, trying to say, but I don't like the way they execute But it. considering as well, like, what came before, I think that it, and also in the second watch, it makes the, the it, it's what a great movie does, that it, on a rewatch, the ending makes the beginning, the next time that you watch it even better because you know where it's going kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But also just not to ramble too much about the, the actual... Uh, fate of their their lives uh i think that that's also a very interesting way to portray the to end this story kind of that maintain the mystery the um that eluded because there it is still a mystery so it goes as far because it is like even when they meet that tribe that that moment is speculation because obviously they didn't fucking text i'm here with the boys (laughs) they're making a really big fire but they could uh they could have like continued that speculation somewhere else let's say showed like their deaths let's say or showed them living with the with the natives but james gray decides to maintain so the I, I think i would have liked it to be even more mysterious than that than kind of like because in that way their death is certain like you it's know it's not certain and even <sighs> at the end uh, like uh, she comes up with a compass i would have preferred it to be even more ambiguous like to be honest like but, but it's completely ambiguous as well because of the ending when sienna miller shows up to the yeah, geographical compass. society with the compass <clears> and <throat> he had told the the guy before going on the on the trip if uh, i i can't send a message if i can't write or I changed my mind, decided to stay here and and live in the uh, with the natives or whatever. If I d- decide not to come back, I'll send this as a sign that I found it. And then she shows uh, the geographical society guy the clock because a dude said to her, "I saw your son and your husband among the natives living like side by side," and he told me to give this to the geographical society guy. Mm. So. Uh, like it's implied there that they did survive and that that was the it's not that they died that the the ceremony that they were participating wasn't one of death it could have been one of rebirth because of the yeah on the trial that they go like he's not one of us okay and the the tribe leader goes uh, he's not one of them either and i think that's like a, a wonderful thought as well that even if he died he died like peacefully let's say like as part of like this ceremony it is a nice thought but it just 
did no i wanted them to just go off and that you know like i didn't want this kind of like maybe they lived in peace and harmony in the jungle with the magic savages like i just it it, i what i wanted was because like we do not know that and like i find it very unlikely that they found this magical city and just lived there and never left and just left their mother and wife and i don't believe that like i think they were killed so i just i don't know I, I find it a bit it was all a bit too pleasant i'm saying like within the world of this movie it's yeah uh, okay uh, the, well, the for me that I for me within with. the within the world of this movie the ending didn't work for oh. me at all um uh, it kind of validated his folly in in a way i think and but i think that but it validated his folly to the to the extent of. The I don't think that there's not. His folly was not a folly. It's the difference between I think of exploring something like the South Pole or the North Pole that the the complete and utter uh, there is no objective goal there. of the goal <clears throat> is to go from A to B. Okay, mm. you already know where B is. And you already know where A is. So it's just get there, you know? And this case is not only like a discovery of like of the city itself, but what it means as well, like in it, in itself that for one, you don't know what it is. So it's like exploration for the sake of exploration, you know? It, yeah, well, I'm not that saying the that there's no exist. merit in it. That's not what I'm yeah, saying. But I don't but think it... that it's a folly. Like if you die, if you die doing something like it, it is very uh, a dangerous undertaken no matter what you do it's only a folly i believe if you do it the wrong way the the way that the that your man uh, murray the, does it yeah murray does it that is all for glory and for being like a higher kind of voice in the geographical society kind of like just be big like a bigger man in the big boys club but I think that any undertaking that it's done uh, with the he, right spirit, even if it's a failure, yes. like, even if it's a failure, it's not a folly. I think that, uh, but describe what the failure was. Like, as he says, is like we grew with an understanding that I even like, it's even not if you, that it's a failure. It's that <sighs> I've like could never quite for the final, final, final trip. I could never quite get over the fact that he was leaving his family. And like this, yeah. this, like there was no realistically, like he was never going to survive that trip. Like, you know, he was too old. It was too dangerous. It was too, and to like take his young son and like, it, it's not, you know, like it, it's not that at the same time, it didn't still have merit because he was doing it for honorable reasons for like discovery and to like show his son and everything. But it still, for me, fundamentally felt like a stupid fucking thing to do. And that in the end, but it's the he kind should of thing. have it's had, only stupid because they had, weren't so, it, like, it was a stupid idea the first time and the second time is that it's not just, it's helpful. because they succeeded. Yeah. But it, that it, it's this, not a stupid idea. It's like, it's no, a, well, no, it was like, <laughs> What I wanted from the ending, I wanted the Herzog ending, basically. You know what I mean? Like, because he, like, I wanted it to be as dark as it, it could, you know. Like but it, this is not a dark, like, it is dark in many ways, but it's not the, like, you're no, judging no, this for like, a movie that it's not. Well, I mean, yeah. but yeah, it, Which is unfair on the movie that it is. Okay, maybe dark is the wrong word. And maybe saying Herzog is wrong because it doesn't need to be like that. I just needed it to, like, reel it back a little. I think 
part of this, um, um, what I kind of thought towards the end was that, because I was kind of with him through most of it, but then as it progressed, the more I thought of was Into the Wild and the kind of like selfishness of Christopher McCandless's actions and like the going off and the leaving everything and then like, you know, and I like that movie treats him with such, you know, reverence. Yeah, but like, I think it's a complete different point and also like, no, why it is, it is, but it, I was kind one is of, important. let me finish. Sorry. I was kind of tainted, I think maybe by, by that movie and like, it, yeah, it's just, I, it's just one of the reasons why I didn't quite like the ending. Final point, be- leading into the Sienna Miller thing that you wanted to talk about, is that I also think that Sienna Miller's character, Kiki, uh, enjoyed uh, her life without him there because she was completely in charge of everything. And even like became an expert while he was away on... Amazonian stuff that she found the uh... well to be fair we don't know that because we don't see quite enough of her life to really know you know I feel like she completely endorsed his his vision yeah. and his idea and everything and I think that she probably was like fine by herself but at the same time like she did still have to raise their children alone yeah. and he left yeah but like uh, as a, well <laughs> like, quote-unquote alone as a higher uh, as a very high middle-class British person at that time that yeah. you're with a like a major pension no yeah, lieutenant colonel pension she was left by one of the few people probably within her life that really treated her as an equal so you know yeah but she likes the button that's what that ending scene like that final final shot is what ties the entire movie with what the, the poor woman who goes mad and always believes that they were still out there no and... when she walks into the jungle herself that at the end like the the mirror shot and the jungle is around that is the the two meanings of that that is like that for the whole time that he was in the jungle she was right there with him but also that for a woman like she doesn't have to go all the way to the jungle to get like a gift of adventure or whatever to do what you want is that like everywhere is dangerous kind of like not dangerous per se but also because it is alluded that she's part of the suffragette movement as well Mm. so that for like the sense of adventure that he has to go all the way to the end side of the world to get that she's part of that in itself she doesn't have to get out of the like every time that she steps out of her home she's in the jungle because nobody will believe her nobody like even if she's right let's say because she's a woman on any topic at that time you know it's not like just oh my husband is alive it's like that's not how you screw a, a, a nut on a wheel it's like shut up you woman you know what i mean kind of um, yeah and i think that it tied up with her performance and her character the, uh and but going back to you uh what did you think of her character um <laughs> uh yeah i really like sienna miller she's really good at this i think sienna miller is big on some really terrible movies but every so often Factory she girl. gets a much better role like she gets a role basically a role worthy of anyone you know what i mean like where she has a prop she's a proper character who just you know is a woman but and the you know like has some root of some of the best lines of the movie and it's very much integral to a lot of his decisions yeah. as well and i think like it it was surprised me because um, when she first popped up, I was like, oh, look at her and her gumption. We're probably never going to see her again. And, uh, she, you know, the, the movie treats her quite well, I think. And um, I think that it's true that, 
she, you know, she supported him, and and in the end, like she knew that they were going to go anyways, and and whatever. But I, you know, it, it's that the whole thing did ruin her life. Like I, I think that she was buoyed by it, but. I think it's the sense of finality that she didn't have. The, yeah, she if got they no, have found the body or she got no closure. Like, but um, um, I think though as well, what's interesting is even just their relationship as well, itself. And obviously, like we don't get an awful lot of it, but there is something very like mature and you know talking about equality, like very equal about it. That like you know they 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 have conversations like yeah. proper in depth conversations where they both treat each other. Um, you know, like not just that he treats her equally, but that she's able to talk to him about, you know, really anything and not be afraid of, or, and it's it's quite nicely portrayed, I think, in some very, very, very small scenes. And also kind of realistic in the sense that he's like still a man, that he's like, oh yeah, but, but in mind, but not in body. Where not yeah, the whole childbirth thing was quite funny. <laughs> it was like, that's not the same. I walked through many, many snakes. It's like... Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like it. Uh, <laughs> I think though, like as well, the the because um, we're I think we began this talking about performances. But um, I think all, like universally, all the performances are really good. We do have to give Robert Pattinson like a little bit of attention because yeah. um, I like Robert Pattinson anyways. I've kind of always liked him. I liked him in Harry Potter. I liked him in Twilight. And and fuck the boss. And you know, like, things like Cosmopolis and and what when the when Charlie Humner gives the 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 war speech and Charlie uh, uh, fucking Rob Patterson is just oh, in the background like he's like fuck the bosh didn't realize that that was the accent you were going for um <laughs> weirdly enough but um, yeah so uh <laughs> my beard at Patterson impression wasn't good enough for you I've always really liked him so when he turns up on things and he's good it's not like shocking but um, it just, he's I was just... half expecting this movie to end with a shot of him looking out into the distance in a fucking airplane, airplane going into screen. Oh, stop! Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's not. He's not good in that. But um, you can understand why he ended up in, in things like Cosmopolis and then obviously Good Time, and yeah. you know, and it, you know, it's not surprising. Like he does have a very good range, I think, because he can do the crazy manic, but he can do a sort of a measured manic in this. And it's so funny how, like, in the Marco Mode review, they were like, "Oh, I just wanted to know more about him," and I was like. He his character is just leveled down enough that he's not the mad crazy. He's not fucking Dennis Hopper in Apocalypse Now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, um, which obviously I've thought of as well. But um, um, I th- I don't I would not have liked the movie to take that direction either. That we're putting him at the forefront and like delving into his life or whatever. Like this mad weird guy, you know that he drinks too much and like I think. It, Charlie Hunnam was as interesting as Robert Pattinson was to yeah. me. And I think that their relationship is really interesting and that they keep going back together and everything. Um, Go to the war together and everything. Like, yeah, like uh, they all transfer there because he is their captain. Like he will always be their captain because, you know, the first time they were all a bit skeptical, but he got them in and he got them out. And, you know, like to them that it is and should be. And, you know, like forever they will be his boys, you know, yeah. but not, as equals, not quite as, you know do whatever you want um uh to the point at which then whenever they do have to turn around which brings us nicely into talking about murray as a villain um well villain but um 
Count reminds him a little bit, doesn't he? Because he's just always oh, so easy to hate. <laughs> like, oh my god! But just um, that scene after he's like poured oil over over everything, and they're like, "We can't go on," and he's like, "No, there is no turning back." But in the end, he c- concedes, yeah, because he knows that we will just die. And I love that um, scene as well when he has to apologize to Murray. He goes, "I apologize for my men." <laughs> like he was gonna them. do it, and then Murray just, just, just jabbed a little bit too much. Like, oh, you insufferable prick! And, but as uh, soon as soon as that guy turned up, I was like, oh no, no, yeah. no, Robert no. the Bruce is never no, good news. Run away! Like when they're there at that dinner and they're like talking, and you know, like Charlie Hunnam keeps saying controversial things, and uh, you know, man's just kind of like, you know, yes, yes, I'd like to uh, come with you on one of your expeditions. With and I was po- like, no, he's too fat. No, he, he looks like Steven fat- Seagal <laughs> nowadays with his ponytail. Never take a man that size on a fucking trip anywhere because he will just eat all well, the like, if you go to like Arctic or whatever, it's like okay, you can. Well, just, yeah, like, yeah, okay. Fucking, Which was the only blubber to the only expedition that he'd gone on, but like yeah, but like he was second in command to Shackleton, like Shackleton, uh, Shackleton. Shackleton. <laughs> but also, like I like the little detail when they laugh when they get the the little it, when they're in the in war that they get the little news. Uh, <laughs> paper saying that Murray had gone on an Arctic adventure and been got, fine. Yeah, <laughs> that they mutinied against him they're like <laughs> yeah. I wonder why yeah, it's not that surprising I do love his little evil speech though whenever he's just like you know you don't even care about going back to your family or whatever like all you care about is your precious city <laughs> it's like yeah yeah but he, he's also pitiful because he's kind of yeah. like the audience is like I can imagine him maybe being like Murray <laughs> if I had to go to like yes. the Amazon or whatever I wouldn't fucking be you might be okay though because you could you are at least fucking Brazilian so you understand the heat like I would be burnt within a like. Well, like, but that's the thing is that if you're like in the jungle, like, well, there's it, a lot of shelter. You don't get burnt, but like, yeah, it's the humidity it's, of that. They, like, they get you like, and like, I don't have body weight to shed like they do, kind of thing. And, yeah. uh, and also is the the fact that it's like fucking that everything is like there. Oh yeah. This river will be our home for years. It's like, oh, uh, no, thanks. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, this river, while we're on this shitty, shitty raft, it's like a raft. It's not a fucking boat. Why could they never get a boat? That's what I don't understand. That first expedition up whenever they, they're there with the yeah. native guy, and uh, he's kind of a little fun guy because he knows the crack. Yeah. And they're all just there, kind of like, <laughs> you know, please, <laughs> please tell us where we're going and what's going to happen. Are we nearly there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he like, took it when he disappears. Is when? Oh yeah, they've they, already reached. Yeah, like, no, he doesn't screw them over. But it's like, like he knows all the secrets, and they know he knows. So it's like you're just kind of sitting there, really hoping that the guy doesn't screw you over. <laughs> like and he, he's like, oh, he's lost his mind. Like he starts talking about like what's gonna happen to Charlie Holland. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah that that first the first expedition is so great like it's just I really really enjoyed it and then like the you know with the second one but then like with the Mori one that when they when the You're Indians are shooting right? at them and shit and he they start singing uh, the Queen soldiers yeah. with like the worst <laughs> like, singing ever fetch your accordion but like how they uh, even portray that's cannibal a tribe shot, um, like where that is and everything like yeah. the location of that and stuff when the, he, he looks at the crops and like how happy he is to be uh, to have been right he's like it's mathematical in its approach it's not random yeah so like they must know math like geometry 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 and yeah etc the... wait maybe they're not savages <laughs> 
Yeah, like, but I think that Gosh, it's... Gosh, they have no heart disease and... <laughs> but it's something that, it's not like, uh, which I found interesting as well in this movie, that it, like, it would have been easy to portray uh, them the same way the, the like Arabs are portrayed <laughs> in Lawrence of Arabia. That it's not that he's completely <laughs> racist against them, it's like he's really taken by them already. Yeah. But it's more like in a studious sense. Like, there's no empathy there. You know, it's kind of that it's like... Yeah, I think there is empathy in this movie. But I do think that, like, in a way, we learn very little about them. And that I think that is a lost opportunity. And that's kind of what I mean about, like, the, the, the focus, I think. And the focus on him and his life and his journey and, like, his obsession. But you don't entirely understand why he is so obsessed because we la- we don't really learn anything about what he's chasing, if you know what I mean. It kind of felt a little bit like you get these very, very small encounters with them. And then you get like the more violent encounters or whatever. And it's like, obviously, we know that these people are intelligent. They don't need to be, you know, like it's not like, whoa. Yeah. But, you know, it, I, I just felt like there there wasn't a quite, there was a lot of time of them on the boats and going places. But not an awful lot of time of, of sort of like, you know who are, you know, like, wh- wh- who are these people kind of like, and yeah, it just, I think that is like kind of the other reason why Charlie Hunnam has a, is, is kind of hard done by, because in my mind anyways, it was like focusing on him was always going to be less interesting than like these incredibly interesting tribes and stuff, you know, and it's like, in, in like the Ray Mears kind of way, you know what I mean, where he goes in and like hangs out with them rather than, I love that rather meme, than, you know, kind of like, I'm trying to think of like, you know, Angelina of, uh... Jolie going in and kind of being like, oh, you know, like. That meme of Instagramming uh, the whole uh, thing. Bear Grylls eating like uh, elephant dunk and then it's like <laughs> Raymere, like a fresh cut river salmon with yeah. thyme and salt. Oh, he's just a fat survivalist. There's a reason why he like, you know, he he was like, fucking, he was a d- big dude. Like, cause... Well, the fucking piranha scene is so scary. Oh, so like, I was like, nope, nope. Yeah. A whole bunch of nope. <laughs> <laughs> Back on the plane. Back on the plane. It's like, yeah. why the fuck no. people want to live in Australia? That's why I don't I think. It's literally, no it's literally it's like clue. having all the shit that it's in this movie, but in your back garden. Like, it's like. I'm sorry. And like hotter. Like, yeah. because there's no fucking atmosphere. Like, or no fucking, um, what do you call it? <laughs> Ozone. Ozone. Um, like, oh, I, I don't, I, no. As much as I love, like, Jesus, Hugh Jackman. But, and, but in all fairness, if you go to Australia, you blind a couple of people in the first few months. That's the thing, like, you know, every year, like, fucking, you know, Ryanair flights full of Irish people move over there permanently, and I don't know how they do it. Like, it's a weird thing, is that, like, we kind of agree what's good in this movie, but I think that there's no dip on the quality there, like, uh, throughout. Like, technically, like, I love the the... Uh, the feeling when he starts to tr- even when he starts to trip and he's like in the in the train instead yeah. like the it's a known feeling of like um of almost bliss and happiness i don't think that it's sappy per se and i don't think that it's melodramatic train, whatsoever though? like when he's in the like just leaving uh england where and they're hanging out the train when then people are like waving at them as they went past to try and then also what this movie made me realize is that also when he like comes back and there's like thousands of people in the pier oh people like, have nothing to do yeah 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 <laughs> well i mean 
you know, <laughs> they had no real, they had like one method of communication and like one method of transport and they never left their towns and, you know, like they were happier than we are, Ricardo. Like, let's not pity them. Well, like we, uh, we haven't died of the bubonic plague. No, but they weren't dying of the plague. Well, they were either. dying of the Spanish influenza that that's, killed more people. That's the <laughs> one. That's the one. That um, this movie very seen, happily skips. I've seen Downton. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Downton does the war. Jesus. That is another... <laughs> oh, God. That is what it made me think of, actually, whenever they're in the... And it's literally, you know that they only built, like, you know, one square yard of trench. It does not feel... Yeah, it's just... Anyways, let's not go back to that. But um, well, it's kind of funny, though, because just before we uh, go to, to, to favourite and least favourite things... um. Because I, I, I really quite like this. And I didn't, I kind of thought that you would acknowledge that there are some flaws to it. And you seem no, more protective of it than you. I actually thought you would be. No, like, I um, think that there are flaws, but I think that they're just inherent to the, on the pacing and actual, the, the structure of the movie. I think that the, the war bit should have been longer. Uh, but, I think the whole thing should have been longer, to be honest. Yeah, like, I think that, like, it's... It's too again, much, I think, maybe, for them to, to tackle with what they were trying to do. Yeah, like, I, I would have watched three hours of this instead of the two hours and 20 minutes. Of that it, would like, have made the difference yeah. for me, I think, yeah. Uh, it, it but just even, needed, like... Tim, it needed more to... To really like set up all that stuff at the yeah. end, because spend more time with Anna Miller before leaving, uh, yeah. like uh, more time with the characters. But like I said, what I think is that there there could have been more stuff to get this to like the height of whatever. And I think that the, at times the the budgetary strains kind of show mm. in in the way that like I think that the script called for a three hour movie but they only have 40 million yeah, or whatever they, they had so like, they couldn't no. like it's the kind of thing it's like do do we stretch these eggs to like 10 omelettes and just pour milk into it or mm. do we make two really nice omelettes you can understand omelets? why they chose someone like Charlie Hodham because like yeah. he's not no I think star. that he's perfect for the role though yeah like uh, I can't I can't imagine no, anyone else in that but role, at the same like, time it's like it's well James so Gray said like in an interview that if if he had uh, gotten a bigger actor it would have been bigger wages but they could have like covered the entire wages of the main actor just on uh, post sales of the of the the film yeah like if you have somebody like god forbid George Clooney or something you can, well like not nowadays <laughs> Of that caliber, not yeah. caliber, but of that. Yeah, like a name, let's yeah. say. What would be a name? Like a fucking a Chris Hemsworth, let's say. <sighs> like, not say that it would have oh, made this no. movie better. No, 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 no. so bad. Yeah, but what I'm saying <laughs> is that, like, you would have been able to sell the fuck out of the, the like, like do pre-sales. Tom you. Hiddleston. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. no, like, after, like, the Deep Lucy, I don't oh. ever want him near I liked that movie but No, I I love that movie. Hey him and Yeah, well we've already covered that we don't like the Hiddles. Um <laughs> I think the Can we agree that it's a terrible title? I like it. Like I think that the 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 main problem with it is the same as like fucking World War Z or whatever title that it is like that. I it's... just think zombies. It's terrible like yeah, but it's the Literally. I thought that was the what you, when you said this title to me originally, yeah. I thought that's what it was. Oh man, that's add zombies good. to this movie in the extra 40 minutes. Oh my god, <laughs> jungle zombies. With the zombies. Like, fucking hell. <laughs> jungle zombies. Sweaty zombies. Also, uh, uh, just to uh, just make note of, I think that this movie has exceptional sound design. That we uh, Cinematography, yes. Mm. Uh, but even like the level, how high the cricket, like the, the mm. birds are playing in the background, wildlife or the trees, whatever. It feels like you're inside the world. 
even it has like, the oppressive feeling of, of of what it's like to be in yeah. the jungle like under the canopy like for for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months on end like what it's like trek and go up those rivers and you really really get it like and yeah. you get whenever they're really starting to go a bit insane like you get it more than you do in like something like apocalypse now and i also like the just uh, as, uh, as i mentioned that uh, when they are discussing what to do with murray none of the characters think of offing him like when you're watching mm. it you're like oh they're planning to fucking just shoot him and they're like just negotiating how much to give him yeah uh, which like and then the like it's not even that it's not even that like Hunnam says it and uh, I don't know I, I don't just call him Fawcett but anyways um, that's not even that he says no no we have to and they're like no fuck him kill him blah 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 they're all just like okay I guess we can give him this tin of beans yeah. <laughs> you know I'm like this bully beef <laughs> 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 just the thought of like canned meats at that time <laughs> no refried brains no, no war rations no um, oh Jesus <laughs> Uh, so what's your favorite thing? Probably the visual style. Like I really like Charlie Hunnam, um, and like oh god, his voice. Whew! I did not think I was gonna fancy him, and I kind of did, even with that ridiculous mustache. The man has a pretty face. Yeah, and, and the way they like the cool way that he knows how to take off coats. Is, uh, that is true. He he. I think he's such a leading man, and like, but not not in the way that is it you expect necessary yeah. he has just like a great presence in this and he has a charisma mr Carmode. yeah fuck you um like it's just yeah I was, I was really disappointed by that because that was the one thing that i was really kind of surprised about and then i was kind of like oh well okay um but yeah no i think i think the visual style because it's just it, it really does capture you it's like all all the elements of the production like what you're saying about the sound is totally true i actually have no real memory of the soundtrack but i don't think in a bad way um probably because on first watch you are overwhelmed yeah. by so many other things but like it, um, it, there's a theme that comes back every time that like it, from the moment they they find the mouth of the river and the the first time that they go to every time that like the jungle but like the spirit of adventure comes in that the thing kicks in yeah and it's not overblown but it is kind of like epic movie score that plays over like vistas kind of thing yeah. you know but the, they have the vistas so it's yeah. okay what was your favorite thing i think it's the the, the script i'd say like um Ooh, the script <laughs> Uh, no the direction sorry because the i think that like i said that the, a lot of the lines would have been clunkers in other hands and i think that yeah. also just having everything working seamlessly together like this movie does like it takes a very good director to For do most of it uh yeah but like you can understand the the uh -uh. one bit uh it's not like up to like the the, the war bit you can it's like bbc war kind of thing it's like fucking yeah like they just they couldn't they just couldn't do it you know what i mean like it is a very very hard thing to do that with that kind of budget and it's just it was such a small like oh, it was just so unnecessary i think they could but anyways uh, but yeah the, this. the direction overall and i think that like all the empathy and the themes that the film explores come from the direction and uh, that's why i really like this movie is the how um different it is but using the um, using the base of a very old school time type of filmmaking mm. uh, but still giving it like a breath of fresh air and also makes it like completely memorable it was like a, 
remember like sitting there after watching the first time and just being realizing that I was thinking about the movie, mm. you know, like that kind it of movie. It that is, does. like, so there's a lot of those shots that really stuck in my mind and, like, certain parts of it and everything. And um, it, it is, like, a lovely film as well. Like, there, it, it's... when ugh, There's just something really nice about that kind of filmmaking. You know what I mean? It's, like, what just... It's it's very robust. Yes, way that but, I, but at the same time, like, has the subtlety that other, like, a, a lot of movies do not yeah. have. And it's just... I, I liked being in the world. It just ultimately disappointed me. And on that note, what's your least favorite thing, Orla? Probably the war, but realistically. I mean, like, the fall to the end was a bit disappointing, but I didn't hate it. You know what I mean? I didn't hate yeah. it. I was just a bit like, ah. But the bit in the war and the psychic and everything, and it was like... It's like... It just felt so stupid, because I was like, this is really beautifully shot. And there were all these shots of, like, the fucking soldiers being like... <gasps> oh my god and it was like oh god this is so stupid and it's like you know it's another scene that's like almost saved by Charlie Hudlum's voice because he's just like I want to find a city <laughs> oh my god I want him to read to me but um yeah it was just bogus like it was really and even the scene in the hospital is not long enough and I just thought of Matthew and Downton and yeah what was your least favorite thing well, like probably the uh, with an extra twenty minutes, but I'd say like an extra half an hour. This movie could have been like one of my favorite films of all time. Oh wow! Okay. Like uh, you are uh, you are partial to this kind of movie though. Anyway, yeah, yeah, not like, that I don't like it, but it'd be very you know obviously you love Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, it's the thing is that it's combined two of my favorite directors, uh, but at the same time not feeling like it's themes that like. Things that I like, like it's very various things that I really like the films explore, but my favorite, favorite films explore differently five or six themes altogether. You know, mm. if, if I did a, like a top 50, there'd be like 10 films that are like one theme, 10 films that are another theme, 10 films that are another oh, theme. I think we're finding that in our podcast, really, that yeah. we return to the same things over and over. Like we both share some, and there's other ones that yeah. we individually look for but i think it's because there are things that explore outside of my own like outside my movie life let's say it's when uh something like hits you that way when you're watching it like like in this case it's like the idea of like what is to be a man but like like good not toxic masculinity you know yeah and this hit me in a way that is like you can that I hadn't seen a movie that you can be like an old school hero as in that you could fucking make this movie in the 50s or 60s, mm, you know? But you're not fucking Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it doesn't make you less charismatic, doesn't make you less brave, less heroic, less cinematic, less like leading man, let's say. Mm. It just, the, all that idea that you need that bravado to be a uh, a personality is completely bogus in this movie like reinforced that idea but in a way that is embedded in the story that i really was interested in and also if you ever have a son you can show him this movie yeah um yeah so that was the what's it called again uh the lost city of (laughs) sea zed (laughs) sorry uh (laughs) that's what makes it not zombie because it's zed whatever um where can they find us ricardo they can find us on the recommendation game on facebook at the rec game on twitter the recommendation game at gmail.com 
and you can also find us on the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud and if you want to support independent Irish radio like this one uh, you can donate to the Patreon of Ooh. Dublin Digital Radio I think that's I it discovered while looking at alt-right Twitters which is my new favourite thing to do um <laughs> That they have their own um, version of Patreon for supporting their alt-right websites. Because obviously, you know, Patreon wouldn't let them on there called Patreon. Oh. It's a real thing. I looked it up. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, look at alt-right Twitters. It'll make you feel much better. Um, no, no, it make me feel way worse. The, like, there's so many other Murrays in this world. Oh, but they're not even Murrays. They're, they're like, I mean... Yeah, fucking... The dude that had to play Murray and Robert the Bruce, I thought that I fucking hate him one person enough. Uh, fucking Braveheart. Freedom. Uh, so, Orla, what's the, uh, next week's film? Next week's film is American Honey from last year. Did anyone mm. see the name? Not the Beast! <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Yes, so uh, a little bit of, little bit of Sheila Booth. Sheila uh, Booth. A little bit, of, little bit more Rihanna. Interesting. Like I'll bring my umbrella. Uh, I was Ricardo Deacon. You haven't sorry. You haven't seen Logan Lucky, have you? I have, yes. <laughs> the kids. It's not really about no problem. Anyways, uh, I was Orla Medinas. I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. <laughs>